Hi, and welcome to my latest installment of Ask a Monk. Uh, so the latest question or set of questions comes from India. Um, Udayin asks, when do we say someone is enlightened? And what is the difference between a monk and an enlightened one? Um, when do we say someone is enlightened? Well, we don't generally say when someone is enlightened, but... Um, and we don't generally say when we are enlightened. If someone becomes enlightened, they generally wouldn't um, try to make that known. But the the meaning here is, I think, um, how do you know if you are enlightened, or or how should what should be the criteria for enlightenment? And basically speaking, the best way to tell if someone is enlightened is that they have no greed, no anger, and no delusion. So you have to look and see. Um, whether their uh, actions and their speech uh, belie states of greed, states of anger, states of delusion, states of mental defilement or pollution. Uh, and more so in yourself, you have to look and ask yourself, do I still have greed, do I still have anger, do I still have delusion? Do these states have the potential still to arise? Even though at certain times they disappear, you have to ask yourself whether these things still have the potential to arise. Is there still ignorance? Is there still um, conceit and so on? The difference between a monk and an enlightened one is uh, is, is quite profound. A monk is a conceptual uh, state. You know, you say you're a monk based on the ceremony and the um, uh, social status or the the um, constructed uh, process that you've gone through. Becoming enlightened is, is totally ultimate reality um, and it, it is brought about by meditation practice and realization of things as they are. Being a monk, becoming a monk is um, often compared to a, a vehicle. So when we become a monk it's like getting a super-powered vehicle or a, a very um, <clears throat> rugged and, and high-powered uh, automobile as opposed to uh, an ordinary person who might, whose vehicle might be smaller and less rugged um, and um, go less quickly. And why this is is because um, for lay people there are many other external cares and worries and concerns that they have to deal with. So they have to um, get involved often with things that have no relationship with meditation practice, whereas a monk theoretically, and again it's theoretical because many monks might um, be quite far from realizing the truth and becoming enlightened, but uh, theoretically they're surrounded by meditators and uh, meditation teachings. And so, on a regular basis, they're in touch with these things, and it's it's quite conducive towards the development of tranquility and insight. Question number two, how far do you think I, as a layperson, would go in the process? Uh, well, that's totally up to you. I mean, lay people can become enlightened. There's no question about that. In fact, there are many lay people who practice better than most monks. Um, but there, it has to be said that for most lay people, it's an uphill struggle. 
um, because there are so many other concerns and it depends on you, it depends on your life as a lay person. If you have a family and children and a job and uh, maybe even are involved in things which are um, antithetical to the meditation practice, then it's always going to be a question of how many steps forward and how many steps back. If on the other hand you can keep yourself away from these things, then being a lay person shouldn't be a, uh, a, a hindrance at all for you. So it's all about how you organize your life and uh, it is what you make it. Being a lay person is not a barrier to enlightenment. Number three, would I be able to visualize past lives and future lives if we succeeded in Vipassana meditation, insight meditation? Um, short answer, no. Um, it's true that sometimes in Vipassana meditation, um, kind of accidentally, meditators will bump into such things. So when you're practicing Vipassana meditation, because of your old character or maybe old meditation practice you've done, or even just practicing um, sort of in a roundabout fashion, you know, getting caught up in states of concentration, states of tranquility, it's possible to fall into some memory, especially if there are strong memories or if you've been uh, in, a, in a fatal accident in your past life or something like that. These things would be very strong in the psyche then these can come up and I've seen meditators who have who have related these uh, sorts of things and they say they're quite sure that it's a memory it's nothing like a dream or, or a fantasy it's quite uh, certain in their minds that it's a, a past life so um, you know there's a lot of people who don't believe in this obviously you do and uh, I, I think there's there's no question that there are people who who can remember past lives as for future lives um, it's much more difficult, though I do know cases of people who are able to predict the near future, like talking about the next um, the next five minutes or the next half hour. As far as predicting future lives, I think it's um, a case of, of predicting something that's very uncertain, a lot like predicting the weather, which can't be predicted for more than seven days. So um, past lives, yes, um, though indirectly, and no, not not in terms of um, your success in vipassana meditation. If you're the more successful you become, probably the less of an issue it becomes. Though again, there are people who incidentally develop this awareness. Um, as for future lives, probably not. Okay, so those are answers to your questions. Please leave any further questions as comments, private message, or send to my email. Thanks for tuning.